teasing that dog. You hear me? Stop teasing him. Sonny, I'm going to beat your teasing my dog like that. Yeah, like she tried to climb over his fence and get me fast. Don't you call me that, you little tin weasel peckerwood loony son. What did you call me? I know who you are. You're Teddy Duchamp. Your dad's a loony. A loony up in the nuthouse in Togas. He took your ear and he put it to a stove and he burnt it off. My father stormed the beach in Normandy. He's crazier than a house rat. No wonder you're acting the way you are, with a loony for a father. You call my dad a loony again, and I'll kill you. Loony, loony, loony. It was 
and listen to it on demand. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can uh, subscribe for free, have it download to your to your uh, computer, your phone, your iPad, your iPod, your mini pad, your max pad, anything you can listen to podcasts on. And uh, you can, and it'll, I, I record Friday mornings. It'll upload Friday afternoon and somewhere thereafter, shortly thereafter, you'll, it'll download to your device and you can listen to it whenever it's convenient for you. Um, if you have comments on the show, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net. And, uh, and I'll welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, AM 870, the answer listeners uh, that we're, uh, we're back on with you guys now and uh, welcome to the show. Also, remember, uh, if you like if you like what I say on the radio and you're interested in uh, what I might have, what what other kind of knowledge I might have to uh, to offer. Don't forget edhoffman.net. You can get my my book that came out a few months ago called Experience Matters. Here's mine and uh, getting great, great reviews. So anyway, let's talk about July 4th shooting. So uh, the week began this week with a horrific 4th of July parade shooting in Highland Park, Illinois. For those of you who don't know where Highland Park is, it's uh, outside Chicago somewhere. Uh, but it's where they filmed the movie Risky Business when uh, when Mr. Tom Cruise was an unknown. And uh, you know what? Hey, sometimes you just got to say, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, make your move. So anyway... Uh, uh, so far, uh, seven people ranging in age from 35 to 88 were killed, dozens more wounded. We now know that 21-year-old Robert Cremo III opened fire from a rooftop minutes after the parade started on Monday. Here's what the people attending the parade saw that day. I thought it was probably firecrackers. And some, a couple women ran back. Uh, past me, screaming and crying, saying there's a shooter, and then a wave of people running away from the parade. And we ran, and suddenly everyone was running behind us, and people were just shot right where we were. There was a girl just dead. Another man was shot in the ear, blood all over his face. And I remember looking around trying to figure out where the sound was coming from, and I, in fact, looked up um, at the neighboring business across the street and saw the shooter on the roof and listened to a woman wandering the street screaming her child's name trying to find her child dogs were running all over because people just dropped their leashes and ran the aftermath is what what was so devastating to me and those are the images i don't know how i'm gonna get rid of them yeah it's pretty uh pretty ugly uh, ugly thoughts um thinking imagining that that we were there um, I know that it left a, a two-year-old, uh, an orphan because uh, both parents were shot and killed and, uh, not a, not a good scene. If you hear the beginning, when you hear the, hear the, uh, the firing go off, likely wasn't, uh, wasn't a automatic weapon, but a semi-automatic in there. And he's just pulling, pulling the trigger as fast as he can pull the trigger. And, uh, and I imagine if he did this, they said he, he shot 70 shots. So I would imagine he probably had a couple of 30, 30 uh, round clips and maybe reloaded one more time because um, I know there's a 30 and then there's a 60 round drum, uh, those that I have for my AR-15. AR but so far, I've never shot it. Uh, and, you know, my AR-15, I mean, I've never shot it at anyone. I shot it at the range. And uh, so far, my guns, uh, I have, and I have lots of them, I haven't, seen, haven't seemed to shoot anybody. 
probably because the owner is not a whack job. And, uh, but someone comes in my house, threatens my family, uh, they'll find out I know how to shoot them. So, uh, so plenty of details poured out in the police press conference on Tuesday, the day after, some of them proving to be quite enlightening. Let's start with how the guns were obtained legally by the shooter and used uh, in the city where assault rifles are supposedly banned. But we do believe Cremo pre-planned this attack for several weeks. Uh, he brought a high-powered rifle to this parade. He accessed the roof of a business via a fire escape ladder and began opening fire on the innocent Independence Day celebration goers. The rifle was purchased in Illinois, and the information we have thus far is that it appears to have been purchased legally by Cremo. During the attack, we believe that Cremo fired more than 70 rounds from this rifle into the crowd of innocent people. Tell us what type of weapon was used. So it was a high-powered rifle that was used. It was uh, shot high-velocity rounds. Was it an AR-15? It could be similar to an AR-15. It was similar to an AR-15. I believe still in place is an assault rifle ban in Highland Park. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I don't have information on that right now, but we will get back to you on specifics. Right, well, you'd think, you'd think, number one, the head of a major crime task force at, uh, at uh, the city would know that there's a a uh, assault rifle ban in their city since 2013. You'd think he would. Well, I, I have to check into that, see if there is or not. And uh, the next thing is, next thing is, if there wasn't an assault rifle ban and people were allowed to just carry around AR-15s with them, like uh, if you've seen pictures of uh, the reason that they don't have school shootings in Israel, and I've seen a picture of a of a teacher with a with an AK-47 uh, over her over her shoulder as she's taking her kids on a walk somewhere. And uh, that's the reason that they don't have school shootings in Israel. So if we actually armed our people, um, most people won't just because you're armed, won't shoot other people unless there's a, unless there's a threat. So if, uh, so if people were, if people were actually, Hey, I've got an AR 15 and it's legal to carry it. And then when the guy started shooting, someone would have, would have, uh, uh, taken that AR-15 and aimed it back at him and maybe stopped it before seven people and dozens others were, were uh, seven people were dead and dozens others uh, injured. And uh, the last thing, hey, you know, what? not there an assault rifle ban? That sure didn't stop anybody from using an assault rifle. So uh, maybe uh, maybe the, the, the lesson here is laws don't stop criminals from breaking laws because they don't care about the laws. Next, we learned how the shooter was able to make it out of the parade and evade capture for seven hours, and yet he was eventually recognized by law enforcement. Uh, during the attack, Primo was dressed in woman's clothing, and investigators do believe he did this to conceal his facial tattoos and his identity and help him during the escape uh, with the other people who were fleeing the chaos. And he blended right in with everybody else as they were running around, almost as he was uh, an innocent spectator as well. There were police officers that were able to recognize his photo once it was revealed, and that helped tremendously. Considering the extensive digital trail, the disturbing videos you had of Hughes Garner, what's he known to law enforcement beforehand, and if not, why not? I can't get into that right now. There have been some law enforcement contacts, nothing of a violent nature. I can't get into the specifics of the context of that. Yeah, nothing. No uh, law enforcement contacts that were of a violent nature. That's not true. And uh, see, I'm not sure how dressing as a woman would uh, would make him blend in any easier. And uh, we discussed that before uh, before I re before I started recording. 
And uh, maybe because typically most uh, mass shooters aren't women. Uh, of course, if he's trying to hide his facial tattoos, unless he dressed as a Muslim woman, I don't know how that would hide his facial tattoos. And of course, they and of course, they didn't know who he was until they found the gun and ran the registration on it and figured out who he was. And then they caught him fairly quickly. But uh, when the seventh victim died Tuesday afternoon, Highland Park police held their second press conference of the day. And then we found out what the big secret was that morning about Cremo's previous law enforcement contacts, one of which was of a violent nature. In April of 2019, uh, an individual contacted Highland Park Police Department uh, a week after learning of Mr. Cremo attempting suicide. The matter was being handled by mental health professionals at that time. The second occurred in September of 2019. A family member reported that Cremo said he was going to kill everyone and Cremo had a collection of knives. The police responded to his residence. The police removed 16 knives, a dagger, and a sword from Cremo's home. There were a combination of which, I don't have the exact count, at least two rifles, some uh, pistols and possibly a shotgun. Those were seized at his father's home uh, pursuant to a search warrant yesterday. So let's see. He attempted suicide with a machete. I don't know if you've got a machete, you try to kill yourself. I don't know uh, how you really attempt suicide. It's uh, easy either chop your own head off or stab yourself or something. It would seem like he attempted it, but it didn't, but he didn't, uh, wasn't successful. And then a few months later, he threatened to kill everyone in the house. And when they went there, they found 16 knives and a dagger and a sword, and they took all those out of there. These aren't red flags at all, are they? And then, of course, uh, when they went back there, now he had two rifles and a bunch of handguns, and he's 21 years old. And uh, and I think you have to be 21 to to uh, you have to be 21 to to own those. But apparently, um, that's not the whole story either, because he bought them before he was 21. Um, I don't know how that how there's not a red flag there. And and of course, I've said it before uh, when we were talking about the Uvalde uh, Uvalde shooting uh, the end of May that, you know, what? as I remember, George W. Bush created the Department of Homeland Security to make sure that local police departments and FBI and CIA and uh, ATF and all those all those uh, organizations communicate with each other so that they can effectively um, protect our, our citizens. And when there's, when there's a red flag somewhere, everyone else knows about it. And I can see, Hey, there's red flags all over the place with this guy. And uh, if you look at, if you read some of the articles, apparently his, uh, his parents were Looney Tunes as well, calling the police to their house all the time when they get in an argument, um, accusing each other of uh, messing around on each other. Um, And uh, let's see, the dad was arrested uh, for or cited. I don't know if he was charged, charged or arrest, actually arrested for selling uh, tobacco to uh, to minors out of his deli uh, store that he has is uh, the the coaches on the afternoon after after school sports that the kids were involved in said that uh, the dad was too uh, unavailable to pick the kids up and mom would just forget. And so the 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 kids would be sitting there waiting for their parents to pick them up and no one would show up. And there's, there's, you know, so when I use that, that scene from, from, uh, stand by me, yeah, your father's a loony. Guess what? You know what? Bad parents create bad kids. Your kids are, are a reflection of how good of a parent you were. If you were a good parent, 
then your kids turn out good. If your kids didn't turn out good, you're probably a crappy parent. So that's just the way it is. And I know that probably hurts some people's feelings, but it's just the way it is. So um, now we're learning that Primo, that Cremo's father might be held liable for his role, despite those two visits to the family's home in 2019 regarding his son's suicide threats and his threat to kill the whole family. Robert Cremo sponsored his son's application for a firearms ownership ID that same year, like two months later. Parents' written consent is required for applicants under 21. Cremo was 18. So what the hell? So your your son tries to kill himself with a machete and they confiscate his sword and his dagger and his machete and 16 knives. And then uh, six months later, he's he's a he's a uh, he's threatening to kill the whole family. The police come then. And two months later. The dad signs on it for him to have a uh, gun owners uh, gun owners permit. Um, Does that make any sense to you? And people asked him, he said, hey, you know, you had all those, he had all those knives. He goes, well, he's, he's a collector. You know, he goes, when I was a kid, I collected coins and baseball cards. Yeah. And your kid collects daggers and knives and, and uh, you know, swords. This just seems like a red flag to me. So let's go back to the morning press conference. When the police were asked if Cremo was targeting Jews or any other specific groups. Shooting appears to be completely random. Is it possible he chose the community because of the high population of Jewish people? I know people are concerned that it was an anti-Semitic attack. We have no information to suggest at this point it was racially motivated, motivated by religion or any other protected status. Yeah, but it turns out that there was some information to suggest racial or religious motivation. Because by Tuesday afternoon, we learned Cremo was kicked out of a local synagogue two months ago during Passover. Rabbi Yosef Shanowitz said he immediately recognized Robert Cremo when the police released his photo. During the last Passover holiday, the person entered the Shabbat synagogue, Shanowitz said. We have an armed security guard sitting in front. I approached Cremo and sternly asked him to leave as I noticed he was not a member of our community. However, the rabbi didn't elaborate on whether Cremo's behavior was a factor in asking him to leave. Of course, you know, you get a guy walks in that a uh, little skinny guy with facial tattoos. Uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that's probably discriminatory to people with tattoos if I say that. But, you know, it's it's a red flag when I see someone walking in the heat of summer with a hoodie over their head. Uh, sorry if this offends anybody, but that just is a is a red flag. Why would you wear a hoodie in the heat of summer? Uh, you don't want anybody to see your face. That's just me. That's just me. I could be wrong. Might be might be discomfortable around your face to have a extra sweatshirt around your face when it's 100 degrees outside. But I am who I am. So here's what else we know about Robert Cremo. He's an amateur rapper who's posted disturbing videos on YouTube channel, including a crude animation depicting a gunman killing a uh, being killed by police. Um, there are videos filled with violent imagery and mass shooting fantasy, including one where Cremo is in, in an empty classroom wearing tactical gear and holding the American flag. In another video, Cremo can be heard rapping F this world over an animation of armed shoot- of, a, of an armed shooter going inside a school, opening fire, and then engaging with police outside. The final scene shows the shooter lying in a pool of blood. Another posting by Cremo showed a headline referring to JFK assassinator Lee Harvey Oswald. He also posted a video of a beheading to a message board, And finally, Cremo posted a video last year of Central Avenue in Highland Park 
the main street of the parade route. So I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's, it seems like if you post anything on Facebook that has anything to do with uh, COVID, um, 10 seconds later, it's, it's, there's a warning on it that, you know, that the, these things are not guaranteed to be facts. If you, if you post anything that references that uh, Biden wasn't legally uh, elected as president, if you, if you put anything anywhere that's offensive to the Democrats, um, they take down your video and they're monitoring everybody. I know uh, one of my uh, uh, colleagues, a realtor, uh, came over and did a video of me and did an interview when my book came out. And we were standing in my office talking and he goes, so uh, and, and the conversation turned to what do we need to do to get our country back back in line? And I said, get rid of all the Democrats. And about two hours later, they took the video down off of Facebook. So apparently somebody has time to watch all this stuff, or maybe they're just watching me and saw that I was tagged in it. But, you know, someone has the time for this. Why can't, uh, why can't those background checks for buying a gun, why can't they just do a background check, search social media, look for red flags? Would seem like if the FBI did its job, we wouldn't have to worry about banning guns. Just, just my thoughts. So uh, let's see here. Um, 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 so as some, as some of the left have pointed out, there's a Twitter photo of, of him wearing Trump flag like a cape and a photo of him at a Trump rally dressed like Where's Waldo. Um, and, you know, Where's Waldo, the, the skinny kid with the glasses, with the red and white striped hat. Um, but he's also liked videos on, of Joe Biden on Twitter as well. So maybe instead of calling him a Trump supporter, maybe the media should just call him what he is. A psycho, a nut job. Doctor, the, the, the defense contends why Mr. Brigance has gone to great effort to prove to this jury that Mr. Haley is a, is a nutball, is a slow coach. Or uh, what's the uh, clinical definition? Insane. Yeah, maybe we, should, uh, maybe we should just call it what it is. This is not a gun control problem. This is a mental health problem. And maybe it's a, maybe it's, Teachers paying attention and saying, hey, this kid acts weird. Maybe it's coaches saying, hey, this kid acts weird. Maybe we should uh, say, hey, these parents don't seem to care about these kids because they don't show up. And maybe they, they pull out. Apparently, apparently there's a 56 pages of, of uh, 911 calls uh, that where the cops have been called to their, to their house. Maybe they say, hey, this kid's acting weird. His parents are, call the police all the time. Let's look into what's going on in this house. Oh, wait, we were called out because uh, he tried to commit suicide. Oh, wait, we were called out because he was threatening to uh, to kill the whole family. Maybe we should check his social media. I don't know. It just seems just seems seems like there's so many signs, but we're all going to point the gun at. Hey, if if assault weapons weren't available, then this wouldn't have happened. That's a bunch of BS. Tuesday night, Vice President uh Kamala Harris arrived in Highland Park to comfort the people with one of her signature word word salads. See if you can count how many times she says in terms of and seriously. We'll deal with what we need to deal with in terms of also as we move forward, all agreeing that we got to be smarter as a country in terms of who has access to what and in particular assault weapons. And um we got to take this stuff seriously, as seriously as you are, because you have been forced to have to take it seriously. Congress needs to have the courage to act and renew the assault weapons ban. 
the scary the scary part of this is when we take back the the Congress, the House and the and the Senate in January, you know there's plenty of reasons to impeach Joe Biden. And this is what we're going to be left with. But I see in the in this particular case, failure by the parents, failure by the schools, failure by the coaches, failure by the FBI and the Homeland Security. And uh, what are those things called background checks? Uh, you know what? People say, hey, we got to have background checks. We have background checks. Let's just make sure that we do the background checks. So anyway, hey, I'm all out of time for uh, part one of the main event. So stay tuned for five minutes of commercials, traffic, weather and sports. And I'll be right back with everything else that happened this week. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, Plant Home Lending. Uh, I don't talk a lot about real estate and finance on the radio, but I could talk for about real estate and finance for uh, three hours going straight. And, uh, uh, but if you're, if you're in the market, if you're in the market or you think you might be in the market and you do want to talk about it, uh, whether that's uh, looking into refinancing a piece of property owned, hey, you know, the interest rates are two and a half percent higher than they were at the beginning of the year. Uh, but you know what, if you got a $50,000 mortgage and you got $200,000 worth of consumer debt, uh, might be a good time to use some of that, uh, equity and get out of that because, uh, 5% sure is, uh, uh, the 5% range is sure a lot better than the 18% range. Um, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. If you're looking to buy a property and you're, uh, thinking about, uh, buying, whether it's in California Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, Texas, Louisiana, Tennessee, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, uh, West Virginia, Virginia, New Hampshire, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Idaho, Montana, Washington, Oregon. I think that's all of them. Uh, any of those states, uh, my team's licensed there, and we're happen to, happy to help you out if uh, you're trying to find a place to Get out of California and don't worry, you can still hear my show on podcast, even if you're not in California. So, uh, but call me toll free 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and uh, click on the Planet Home Landing logo. We'll do the cyber thing. We'll do the 2022 thing. Also reverse mortgages. If you're over 62 or your spouse over 62, want to look into one of those things. If you have more equity in your house than, uh, if you, than you have money, if you have more life left in you than you have money. You might want to look into this and free up some of your cash, especially, especially with the way the, the country and our economy is right now. Uh, if you're if you're a little unsure, just make your house payment go away. So anyway, uh, 855-640-2020 or at Hoffman.net. So uh, before the break, we were talking about the failures of our system to uh, catch the red flags, even when they're right in your face, when they're right in your face of the of the teachers and the parents and the neighbors and the uh, coaches and the FBI and social media, it's all there. And we just ignore them and we let the kid buy, buy a gun. And, you know, the, the kid threatens to kill himself. Six months later, he threatens to, uh, uh, to kill his whole family. And two months later, his dad is, uh, is co-signing for him to have a, uh, a, a firearms owner's ID, which, uh, you know what, here's the funniest part, is that Robert Cremo Jr., the dad of the shooter, is running for mayor of Highland Park. 
So uh, I have a feeling that uh, that may that campaign may be going off the rails right now. So let's talk about other homeland security issues that we're having. Uh, Believe it or not, abortion is not the most important thing in this country. And there are other Supreme Court rulings to talk about besides the Roe decision. One of the most important ones concerns immigration. In a five to four ruling, the justices put another nail in the coffin on Trump's remain in Mexico policy, which forced asylum seekers to wait in Mexico as their cases make their way through the U.S. immigration courts. The court's ruling was made against Texas and Missouri, the two states that argued the Biden administration had violated the law by rescinding the Remain in Mexico program. The justices determined that the administration's cancellation did not violate the section of the immigration law that Texas and Missouri had used to make their case. Doesn't mean he didn't violate a law and it didn't and it didn't. And of course, we know it violated his uh, his oath to uh, to protect the Constitution, um, which, you know, there's we have borders. And, uh, and the whole idea of the Constitution is this is how we rule America. These are the rules, and this is how we protect our country, and this is the, these are the things you're allowed to do and not allowed to do. And, of course, he's failing there. But apparently the section of the immigration law that Texas and Missouri had used, the justice determined that they didn't, uh, that, that didn't violate. They did that. Biden didn't violate. The ruling sent the case back to the lower district court which will determine if the if terminating the policy violated any administrative laws. That's where the case sits now. But the lower court is expected to uphold the Supreme Court ruling. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, incompetent, went on ABC this week to praise the decision. But he got a wake-up call when host Martha Raddatz managed to hold him accountable for the current dumpster fire at the border. And your department says it will end, to, it will work to end the remain in Mexico program as soon as legally permissible. So what does that actually mean? And what is the plan as the border continues to be flooded with migrants? Uh, We were very pleased with the Supreme Court's decision um, uh, supporting uh, our commitment to end the Remain in Mexico uh, program, which has endemic flaws and causes unjustifiable human tragedy. Uh, We need to wait until the Supreme Court's decision is uh, actually communicated to the lower court. And once that occurs, uh, the district court should lift its injunction. So we have to wait several weeks for that procedural uh, step to be taken. And then what is the plan on the border? You hit 240,000 crossings. You may be telling people to stay away, but they keep coming. Uh, We continue to warn people not to take the dangerous journey. We are enforcing our laws. Ultimately, because the border has been a challenge for decades, ultimately, Congress must pass legislation to once and for all fix our broken immigration system. Yeah, what does that mean, a broken immigration system? What is, hey, we need to to have uh, immigration reforms Complete, com- what do they call it? Comprehensive immigration reforms. What does that mean? Those are a few big words out there that everybody uses. Uh, but here, let me let me diagnose. Let me uh, let me analyze some easy words. Homeland Security, Department of Homeland Security. Doesn't that mean keeping the homeland secure? That would seem like it is that we keep the homeland secure. We're not worried about people in other countries. We're making sure that the homeland, that means the United States and people that call this their home. Isn't that how you read it? 
I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a uh, I'm not a law school graduate or a uh, or, a, you know, a congressperson. So I'm not sure as a, if I'm as smart as him. But Homeland Security, that's what it means to me. So uh, not to make sure that we care about care for the illegal immigrants. Oh, you know what? Hey, there's some there's some there's some uh, uh, some big problems with this remain in Mexico policy. And it's and it's causing great harm to people. Well, if they're in Mexico and that's causing them great harm, how did the stay in Mexico policy cause that great harm to those people? I don't get it because we're the United States of America. Just because they didn't come here doesn't mean that, that we're responsible for what happens in Mexico. Martha Raddatz continue to push back on Mayorkas. But, but Mr. Secretary, that does not look likely. And you have Congressman Henry Cuellar saying that only about 30% of the Border Patrol are doing missions at checkpoints and the border because the other 70% are tied up at detention centers. How do you fix that? Again, the message is not getting out. Well, we are continuing to deliver that message. And for the first time since 2011, the president's fiscal year 2023 budget calls for 300 more Border Patrol agents. And we are hiring case processors. We are addressing this issue vigorously and aggressively to address the amount of the number of encounters that we are experiencing at the southern border. Just a simple question. Do you think it's working? I think that we are um, doing a good job. We need to do better. We are focused on doing more and we are doing it with our partners to the south. Hey, let me give you some insight. So I'm in the mortgage business. So in the jumbo loans, in jumbo loans, you're not selling them to Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, you're selling them to investors, Chase, Citibank, Wells Fargo. And, and historically, and I've been selling loans to Chase for long, long, many, many, many years. And, and we see Chase come in the market, and out of the market, all of a sudden they're the best price out there. And then when they start to get too busy, they back off their pricing to slow business so they can get caught up. So, hey, they're the most aggressively priced and then all of a sudden they back it up. So why don't we use that same concept? Because that's a business that's, you know, Jamie Dimon runs that company saying he's a businessman. He makes decisions like that. Why don't we use a businessman's approach? So if we're overrun at the detention centers, we're overrun at the border. Why don't we put up the wall, slow it down? Why don't we just stop letting people in? Why don't we, uh, I don't know. Put up, put up, put some alligators in the in the uh, in the Rio Grande. Maybe that'll slow some things down. I don't know. There's there seems like ways to slow it down, but that's just common sense to me. And they say, hey, no fiscal year twenty three, we're going to hire three hundred more border patrol agents. But what about the rest of twenty two? I know the the fiscal year starts in October. So what are we doing? What are we doing between now? That's uh, July, July, August, September. We got three more months. So we're going to let it flood over before we get any more help. I don't see this as being the way we would run a business. Next, the secretary fell back on listing the administration's fake root causes of immigration. This is a phenomenon that not only the United States is experiencing. Colombia now has more than 2 million Venezuelans within its borders. Costa Rica has indicated that 2% of its population is Nicaraguan, and that might rise to 5%. The migration that is occurring throughout the hemisphere is reflective of the economic downturn, increase in violence throughout the region, the um, the 
result of the COVID-19 pandemic, the results of climate change. Yeah, so the result is climate change. You know, it's funny is it's funny is that um, you have lots of news reporters at the border interviewing these immigrants. And when they when they interview them, they oh come in. We Biden invited us. Biden invited us. Oh yeah, Joe Biden. We love Joe Biden. They're coming to America. They never mention climate change. They never mention anything but Joe Biden. So how is climate change making everybody change countries? You know, Colombia. Hey, Colombia has all kinds of all kinds of people uh, from Venezuela. Well, Colombia is right on the way to America from Venezuela. You got to go through. Colombia first before you get to Panama, before you get up to the other uh, the other countries on the other side of the Panama Canal. So uh, I don't know. This just seems logical. Um, and why do we care? Why do we care about the other countries? You know what? This is a United States homeland security. This is I don't understand why why that's so why we're so concerned about the other countries. So uh, finally, the investigation on smuggling of 53 migrants who died in overheated tractor trailer in Texas last month is complete. The investigation revealed that the truck went through a border checkpoint in Laredo, Texas, with dead migrants inside and was waved through without incident. And of course, we've all been through the you come in from Nevada into California and you go through that thing and you have to slow down and go by there and they just wave you on. And I always wondered, hey, if I drive my Corvette. Um, they don't pull me over because they don't think I have room to smuggle anything in. But if I drive my pickup truck, uh, they wave they wave me through anyway. And I'm thinking, is it because I'm white? Is it because is it because I look like because I'm because of my hair is mostly gray and a little bit brown? Is it because I just don't look like someone who'd smuggle people over? Um, are they looking for fruit? Or are they looking for immigrants? I'm not sure what they are, but when I come over. You would think. You would think when they stop a big rig, hey, pull them over and make them open up the back. At least do a cursory look. You know, if you're driving a pickup truck, hey, if the if the truck if the bed's not open, pull them over, let them pop it open. Just make sure. So anyway, what is exactly the point of these checkpoints? I think that the facts are still under investigation. It's a criminal case. Four individuals have been charged. Uh, I won't speak about the particulars. Uh, those facts will be elicited in a court of law. Just quickly, but, you know, our, what, what, our, what good are these checkpoints it, if a truck like that gets through, full of migrants? Oh, because um, Martha, in fiscal year uh, 2022 alone, we've stopped more than 400 uh, vehicles and saved and rescued more than 10,000 migrants. Okay. Those checkpoints are part of a multi-layered approach. We've rescued so many migrants. We rescued migrants. Is that what that's for? Rescuing migrants? I thought it was supposed to keep illegal immigrants from coming in. I thought it was supposed to keep people from bringing in drugs and bombs and terrorists and people that aren't supposed to be here. But now it's to rescue migrants, keep them from being too hot. Hey, you're, you're locked in the back of that truck. I'm sure it's very hot and sweaty back there. We don't want, we don't want to, uh, we don't want you being in bad conditions in our country, even though you don't belong in our country. We don't know who you are. We see those uh, MS 13 tattoos on your neck. And uh, well, you know, as long as you're, as long as you're not uncomfortable, that's really what we're about. Homeland security. 
Homeland security, protect, keeping the homeland secure is all about rescuing migrants. Can you believe this BS? I mean, uh, you know what? Hey, Biden, Biden has the most diverse cabinet in history. Why couldn't we have the most competent cabinet in history? Why don't we put the best guys for the job? And who cares if they're male or female, white, black, green, yellow, uh, straight or gay? Who cares? Put the most competent people in there. Well, you know what? I've got more transgender and gay and uh, black women than any cabinet. Why don't you just, hey, you know what? There's, there's, a, there's a couple of dozen people that work directly for the president. Let's put the highest and best. Let's put our best and brightest in there to make sure that you protect us from the dangers of this world. Apparently, that's not what the object of the game was. It's just get rid of Trump and everything he did. And we're seeing the results. So uh, now they're blaming all the gas stations for the other thing that we're all talking about is the price of gas. We heard a hint to this in his speech a few few weeks ago. But over the weekend, holiday weekend, Biden ramped up his blame shift on gas prices. Now it's not just Vladimir Putin's fault. It's fault of hardworking Americans who own, own and operate gas stations. Uh, Biden tweeted out, my message to the companies running gas stations and setting prices at the pump is simple. This is a time of war and global peril. My God, bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you're paying for the product and do it now. Come on, man. Can you believe that? Clearly, clearly Biden has no concept of how things work in this country. And clearly, I don't know if he's ever had a job. But clearly, in the last 50 some years, he just is out of touch because you know how you get rich in this country is you uh, you take American tax dollars and you pledge them to other countries in exchange for them to funnel them through their their other companies in their country and funnel them back to your son who will split the profits with you. That's how you get rich in this country. Remember, when Biden was in the Senate, he was the he was the senator with the lowest net worth of anybody. Now he's a gazillionaire. I don't know how that happened. So clearly Biden has no idea of how economic the economics of gas prices work. From Reason Magazine on July 5th, it would take no more than a few minutes of White House advisors time to learn that the companies running gas stations and setting prices at the pump in most cases aren't companies at all. More than half the gas stations in the country are single store operations run by an individual or a family. A Shell or Exxon logo on the canopy Above the filling station doesn't mean those oil companies own the gas station. All it means is the station's owners have contracted with the company for the right to advertise the well-known brand. Or, uh, or you know, hey, if you're, if you're going to an Exxon station, you're buying Exxon gas. Go to a Union 76, you're buying Union 76 gas. If you're buying, if going to Shell, you're getting Shell gas. Uh, it's, the same, it's the same as having a neon sign that says Coors Light hanging, hanging in a bar. doesn't mean Miller's Coor owns the establishment. It just means that they, they have that on tap or they sell it one way or the other. And those gas station owners aren't making or aren't raking in massive profits. Over the past five years, retailer gross margins have averaged about 10.7% of the overall price of gas. But most of those profits come from selling food and drinks and cigarettes and the like. Here's what some of the gas station operators had to say. Are you filthy rich? I am right now have a whole bunch of debt 
are you a billionaire? Of course not. I'm still working and bumping gas. We have a loss of customers because the prices just keep going up and up. We also have been struggling with the store because without customers at the gas station, we don't have people coming in the store. And everybody's blaming us as the workers when it's the big man making the decision. Yeah, everybody's blaming you guys because the president's blaming you guys because he's trying to deflect the, the blame from himself, just like he blamed Vladimir Putin. Has nothing to do with supply and demand and how he cut off the supply coming from the United States and put the demand on every, everywhere else in the country um, or everywhere else in the world. Let me let me rephrase that. And of course, one thing that we know is the free market always works. So when if you're if you're at a gas station and you're and you're advertising six dollars and thirty five cents a gallon. And the one right across the street says six dollars and fifteen cents a gallon. Uh, you know the drivers look look one to the right, they look to the left, and that's when they decide which side they're going on to buy gas. And now we're learning from historic release of our oil reserves. Biden keeps bragging about this isn't even for us. This week it's, it was announced that the administration is selling up to forty-five million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to other countries. On Tuesday, Department of Energy said that that the deliveries of crude from the sale will take place from August 16th to September 30th. From Reuters, cargoes of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve crude are headed to the Netherlands and a refinery in India and a third cargo headed to China. Why is this happening? Reuters quoted an energy department spokesman. The Strategic Petroleum Reserves remains a critical energy security tool to address global crude oil supply disruptions, a Department of Energy spokesman said. Wait. I thought the, the United States Strategic Petroleum Reserves were to protect uh, disruptions in the supply to the United States. And if you remember, Trump drove the prices of oil down by increasing the supply by opening the XL pipeline, drilling in Anwar, and drilling all over the country. And then what he did when he drove the price of, of oil down to about $25 a barrel, he bought 30 million barrels to put in our strategic oil reserves for the United States. Today, the, the price of crude oil is somewhere around 100 bucks, depending on what grade. Here's Tucker. It turns out the oil being released isn't for us. So as gas prices set records in this country, as American citizens who are born here and vote and pay taxes cannot afford to fuel their own cars, the Biden administration is selling off our emergency oil reserves to China. That's not an indictable offense. It's certainly an impeachable one. Yeah, as you guys are pulling up to the pumps, especially out in L.A. where it's eight bucks a gallon and you go, you know what? I, I'll tell you. I looked on my uh, when the, the weekend that Trump was dropped his Air Force One into Bullhead City Airport in Arizona, um, I filled up my tank at a dollar ninety nine a gallon, dollar ninety nine a gallon for premium in Bullhead City, Arizona. And because I posted on, on Facebook, I said, hey, I paid $1.99 a gallon this weekend in Arizona. Then I drove almost all the way home and I stopped to fill up in California. It was $3.49 a gallon. So this weekend, we were in uh, for Fourth of July weekend, we were at our place in Bullhead City and I filled up on the way home and it was $5.39 a gallon. So I don't know, $1.99 to $5.39. To me, that's, to me, that's uh, almost triple, right? $1.99 times two is four, uh, $3.98. And it was still another dollar and a half more. So it was, all, it was like 275% increase. 
That didn't happen from a gas tax. That's that's Biden. That's Biden, folks. And, you know, if when uh, gas was here, was here about four bucks a gallon here are three, three forty nine. And over here and over here in California, we're paying depending on what county you're in. But uh, typically about six thirty five, six thirty five in the Inland Empire and in, in L.A., closer to eight bucks a gallon. I don't know what you guys think about that. But, uh, you know, are you guys going to vote for a Democrat in uh, in November? I hope not. I hope not. Use your use your logically thinking brains. Go to the ballot box and anything that has a D next to it. I don't care how cute they are or how smooth their commercials are. Vote with the R. Vote with an R. We're starting to see that going on around all over the place. I don't know how you guys uh, in L.A. County uh, voted in uh uh, Gascon for your district attorney, but vote for that recall. Get rid of him. Let's put criminals where they belong in jail. And if we run out of jail space, build more jails. It'll create more jobs for the people that build that build jails, and it'll create more police jobs, and they'll keep us safe. We won't get shot by criminals. We won't get robbed by criminals, and it'll be a nicer place to live. And maybe everyone will stop moving out of California because they're not moving out because the gas prices. They're moving out because of the crime. And uh, and everyone, everyone, you know, hey, I got lots of money. I could pay for the gas. I've you know, I can handle the the increased uh, income tax for just for the weather. But when it comes to the crime, I'm not sure I'm up for that. Uh, I'm only going to put up with it for so long. And I have already have my house in uh, Arizona and a house in Montana so I can get out quick. And uh, you guys will still you guys out there will still find someone to pay a gazillion dollars for my house when I decide to sell my California house. Hey, anyway, I'm, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. Don't forget to go to edhoffman.net and buy my book, Experience Matters. Here's mine. And uh, thanks for listening. And I'll be back again with you next week.